And so I want to talk today about taking the limits off. Okay, I just love the title of that, uh, of that, of that you know, I love the saying of that, take the limits off. And, and I'm reminded of the song, I quickly asked the, our singers, look, I want to sing this song, take the limits off, no matter what the cost. And so this is a song that we sing, and the title of it is, Your Freedom is Here. And that's the whole message of God. That's the whole message that Jesus Christ came to bring. He came to bring a message that's going to take the limits off humanity and just tell them that their freedom is here. Praise God. And so I'm going to talk about a few limits here to just be able to demonstrate what, it, you know, what that is. I mean, I love, the, I love the sound of that word. I love what it does to me inside. When I say take the limits off, I don't know about you, but I'm a very extrovert kind of person and something goes off on the inside of me to want to jump out of my body and do some extreme things. That's what I'm like. That's my spirit inside me. And if you knew me when I was a younger girl, I was more extreme. I've sort of kind of been tapered off and pruned off a wee bit. But as you've heard, many of you have heard before, when I first got born again and I saw in the Bible that Jesus walked on water, I thought, man alive, if he can do it, so can I. And in the, in the, in the rivers of Scotland, I was trying that. And my Ugg boot used to keep going down. I said, it's all right, God, we'll do it. We'll get there. Um, but I never got there. So... Um, yeah, no, no. So whenever I read something like that, it just speaks to something on the inside of me. And you know, God has got a, a sound that's coming out from the church. And it's the sound of victory. It's the sound of take the limits off. And the rest of that song says, no matter what the cost. And so what is it going to cost you to take the limits off your life? Praise God. And so, what, and so that's what we're going to talk about. And so I'll just try and calm myself down first. And so what does it mean? Let's have a look before we have a look at this. What does it mean to take the limits off? Well, it could be something like fear that you have faced all your life. You know, you're a person that, that has fear and there's insecurities there. And then one day um, you decide to come to church, you come to victory, and you hear for the first time that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, you've lived with this fear since you were a child. You couldn't read in front of the classroom because you were scared. You couldn't make friends with a whole lot of people because you didn't think that they would want you. And so you've been in this, this, this prison for years. And then one day, you get into a church that tells you that God has not given that to you. That He has given something better to you. It's a spirit of power. It's a spirit of love. And you have got a sound mind. And you hear that, and then suddenly you realize that you do not have to be living with this fear any longer, living with insecurity, that there is actually another option. God has given you another option. And so taking the limits off is about God giving you another option than what you're experiencing right now. There is actually another way. And all of a sudden you take a hold of that word, and confidence comes on the inside of you. And when you used to just move away and pull away, you're now just starting to join in with the conversation. What's that? That's taking the limits off. That's God taking the limits off. You know, regret I've put here as another one. And as I was praying this, 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 this week about, this, about the people in our church and the, and the word of knowledge that came, that people are living with regret. And I just felt such an ache in my heart that God is 
aching for people that they are living and they're bound with regret. Now, I know that we've all made bad decisions in our life, but these people, God says that you've made one bad decision after the other. You've just kept on making those bad decisions and you're living with the burden of those bad decisions. Now, there's people in here that you're, you're doing that, but God, God told me that. And see, people are living with regret, one decision after the other, until some people don't even want to get back up again and try. But then, what happens with, with, with uh, take the limits off? You see, what happens is then, one of that person, they, they hear or they, they, they get exposed to somebody from the victory bunch. <laughs> Someone from the victory bunch asks them to a small group and they turn around and they find out Jeremiah 29, where God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. And you hear that for the first time. You hear that for the first time that God has a future for you. That you may have messed up and you may have regrets that are kind of uh, as high as you, as you are tall. Of, messing, of things that you've messed up, decisions you've made. But God says, I know, I know what I've got for you. That there are plans to prosper you, to not to hurt you in any way. And I'm giving you a hope and a future. And you hear that for the first time. And all of a sudden, you dare to believe that there could be a hope and there could be a future for you. What's that? It's called taking the limits off. That's what that word means, take the limits off. There's limits on people's lives, and God is here. Look at financial is another one. Maybe you've struggled with finances. I've got here that you've tried, and you can't seem to get ahead. I mean, how's that? You take one step forward, and you take two steps back. How many times do we hear that in New Zealand? It doesn't matter what I do. I take one step forward with all my might, all my energy, and I'm pushed back again. And there may be somebody here and that you've thought of owning your own home. You thought you'd love to do that, but hey, nobody in our family's ever owned their own home. So how could I be? How could that be? But then you hear Jesus say that he became poor for you, that through his poverty, you could become rich. You hear that for the first time? When you've been locked in a prison that said that you can't have your own home, yet the best that you can do is state housing. Well, now state housing was good and it had its purpose, but God's got a higher plan for you. He's got lands and houses for you if you want them. And when you start to hear that for the first time, I mean, what happens on the inside? What happens to us? My goodness, I don't know about you, <laughs> but to me, just bring it on, God, because every time He speaks to me, I just take the limit off of my thinking, take the limit off of my world, and I go jump into God's world. You see, another scripture, God wants, He said, I've increased you more and more, you and your children. You see, that, that scripture for us as young, young believers, it did something on the inside of us. And we began to think, hey, we can do more than what our parents have done. We can go beyond what our parents have done. We can go beyond what our, even our imagination right now says that we can do. I mean, when Stefan and I got into our first home, we were, so, we, we were kind of proud because we were Christians. We didn't want to ask our parents for help. 
and that. I mean, they had the money to help us, all right, but uh, we didn't want to, you know, believe in God and that. And so we had, <laughs> what a, I mean, just the grace of God. We had our second mortgage was on a credit card, and uh, we had no deposit, but we got into this first house. And my goodness me, you know, we, we, we got in the game. And then, my goodness me, we started to play the game according to God's rules. And he took us higher and higher and higher and higher. And now he's put us on the top of the mountain. And we haven't finished yet because God hasn't finished yet. We don't want to put a ceiling on what God wants to do in any form, any manner. You see, what is that? That's taking the limits off. That's taking the limits off. Now, you may have been used. There's another one here. You may have been used. You may have been abused in your life. And this goodness me, our generation is filled with people, human lives that have been used, that have been abused by whatever. And your dreams are just totally smashed. And then you hear, and some of these scriptures are my own scriptures that have set me free. Then you hear John 17 preach to you where Jesus says, Father, that they would know that you love them as much as you love me. As much as you love me. Now, as a young believer, as a 20-year-old girl, when I heard that God in heaven loved me as much as Jesus, I mean, Jesus was my hero. I could not believe that God could do something. I mean, what, what, what is it about this God that he could love a life so much that has so selfish, wanted to live for itself, wanted to do its own thing, rebelled against its parents, rebelled against society? What would that God do? What is it about him that he would love me as much as his son that's never broken one of his, one of his laws? But that's the love of God. That scripture, what does it do? It does something to the inside of a human being to where whatever limits, whatever restrictions have been placed upon them by this world are broken out. That person breaks out to a new level. And God says, I've raised you up to be seated next to me in heavenly places. I've made you to rule and reign in this life. You don't have to wait to get to heaven. That's not my intention. I want you ruling in this life. That's what it is. You may have been down, but God wants you on the top, and that's just how it is. And when you hear that, the power that's in that word can break you into a new place that you may not have dreamed about. Praise God. Look at this scripture here. On the, on the, and this, I just love it. It says, God raises the poor. You may be abused and you, you, you may have been abused. Your dreams may have been smashed. But listen to this one. God says he's raised the poor from the dust. And he lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes. And look at this part here in, in 1 Samuel. It says, and make them inherit the throne of his glory. There's an inheritance that's due to you. And you can step into that right now. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what dreams have been smashed. We've got a God here who raises us up. And that word raises us up. When we hear that, we get faith to take a hold of our inheritance. My goodness, me. I mean, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel like running around like Charles Stringer says. You hear that and it opens your heart up to the possibilities of God. You see, that's what it means to take the limits off. And as I said to you, when I first came to faith, I mean, one limit after the other came off my life. As I got into the Gospel of John and I started to read this and saw how much my dad loved me. And right from the beginning, I called him my dad. 
He was my dad and, and we, we had that kind of a relationship. And I, and I just, I, somehow, way, I got an understanding that he loved me no matter what I'd done wrong and no matter how bad I was and no matter how much I'd messed up, that he loved me. I came in because someone said to me, can I introduce you to somebody that loves you how you are? And I thought, he loves me how I am? I don't have to change? Yeah. That caused me to take the limits off, and my goodness me, those first few years as a young Christian, I was breaking every rule in the book, challenging ministers, all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, telling them that they didn't know God because I did. You know, I, you know, I mean, admittedly, they were in sort of very religious churches in Scotland, but um, that was it. I used to work in a place where they had the old ministers that would come and eat in the uh, Creef Hydro, and so I would have conversations with them, and me thinking I'm, I was the greatest gift, thought I would tell them what was going on. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, yes. And so how does God do this? How does God take the limits off? He does, how does he untangle the mess of human lives and get us to get up and try again? Well, he does it by getting us to practice living unlimited in our thinking and speaking. He gets us to practice this. It's all right if we get it wrong. I mean, he's our father. But he wants to get us to practice living unlimited in your thinking and your speaking. Now, we can go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the universe with our thinking. You can live in a mansion in your thinking. You can take over New Zealand in your thinking. With your words, you can speak the thing. As long as you don't do it in public. I mean, I'd probably practice in my bedroom to start with. But you can go anywhere. And so God wants to begin to set his people into a new place by just unleashing their thought life and their words. Go anywhere. See yourself in that, in that beautiful house. See yourself in a, in a car that, you, that you've not been able to afford. See yourself being promoted. See yourself ministering into an area or an arena that you have got a passion for. See that money is no limit, that we're buying up the Victory Block, Victory Christian Center. It's ours. It's already been named before we got here, Vic Corner. God knew we were coming. And so we're here to take over. Now, I just say that, and it sounds big, and it's big talk, but I'm saying that because my God wants me to be unleashed. He wants to unleash my thinking and unleash my, my, my speaking so he can bring me into that place. It's the same with each one of us. And so that's where it starts. And I've got here, learn to think and speak big, and then God can act big in your life. If we learn to think and speak bigger, God can then act bigger for you. But if we're thinking small and speaking small, God can't get anywhere in your life because we're the ones that make the choice for life or death. Praise God. And so for some, when we start to step out and we start to think bigger and speak bigger, that can be a really scary place. For some people, that can be really scary. Why is that? Because you've had so many broken dreams and so many disappointments that you maybe not be able to handle even the thought of daring to step up and believe again or dream again or think that you could be anyone or anything or have anything. And so God understands where you are. He, un he totally understands that. He understands. And, and the word says that he's the healer of the brokenhearted. He's the one, when you have been broken in your heart and your dreams, your visions, and they have been broken, he says, I come to heal that. But he wants you to know that you can trust him. 
You can trust who he is. You're not trusting and you're not putting your faith, you're not putting your dreams, you're not putting your life back on the line you know, with something that doesn't have any foundations. I mean, I, I know and I preached years ago that it's not like you are kind of wishing upon a star. You know, we are believing and we're putting our faith in the God that created the universe. He created the galaxies and he made the stars. And so this is not some kind of wishful thinking. This is a God that has created everything. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In fact, shout because he has. You know, in Isaiah 40, 29, we can put our hope in him. Why? Because he's the God who gives power to the faint. Now, some people here may be in that place right now where you feel faint, but God gives you the power. He gives power to the faint and those who have no might. He increases your strength. He increases your strength. And so if you don't have any strength right now, you can take a hold of that scripture and say, Father, you increase my strength. I see my strength increasing. I see my shoulders starting to push back. I see my head being raised up again. You increase me. You're the one that does that. You're not asking me to do that to myself. You said you would increase. He that has no might, you may have no might left in your life, but he's the God that comes in and he just increases your strength. Once again, he's the God that makes a road in the wilderness. You may be in a desert place right now. Well, he's the God that makes the road. He's not asking you to make a road. He'll make a road in the wilderness. What else does it say in that scripture? It says that he makes a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You see, he does that for us if we'll dare to allow him to do that. Praise God. You see, he makes a way where there is no way. That's who he is. The love of God for his creation. He does anything and everything to lift his people up, to lift you up out of where you are. Praise God. So when we're talking about taking the limits off, I uh, thought, okay, well, I'll get onto um, bookshelf and I'll just look at the definition of uh, what limited means. And so I don't know whether we've got it on PowerPoint here. Have we got? Well, I'll read them to you anyway. And I was quite fascinated with the word. And I know that you can take it on the positive side and you can take it on the negative. And kind of my way of thinking was, okay, limited. Who's limited me? Well, it's not God, it's Satan. And so I looked at the definition. I'm thinking, yeah, this is what you're trying to do. I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. I got a hold of this. And so limited, it means constraint. Now, these, I hate these words, incidentally. Um, if it's anything to do with me and trying to do that to me. Now, if I do it to Satan, that's a different story. You know, if we turn it around, that's fine. But if something's trying to do that to me, um, you know, Holy Ghost anger is allowed to rise up inside me. And so limited, it means constraint, confined, restricted. A ceiling. Don't you hate that? I mean, you like having a ceiling in your house. I mean, it'd be pretty weird if you didn't. But man, when you're trying to do something and something's pushing you down, keep, a leash, uh, keep on a leash. No, I don't like that. I don't even put our dog on a leash. <laughs> you know, who wants that? Do you, want to be, do you want to have Satan keep you on a leash? Small, not much. Okay, oh yeah, here we go. Moderate, modest. Now we have to be modest. We just have to be modest. Mediocre is good. 
not in my world, it's not, and not in God's world. I tell you what, it's not in the vocabulary. God is not moderate. He's an extreme God. He is absolutely extreme. His surname's unlimited. He doesn't have a limit on himself. He's eternal. He's everlasting. He's extraordinary, which one of our, one, one of our groups is doing. Then look at this, not attaining the highest goals or achievements, limited success, mediocre. Oh, when I got that on, the, on, on bookshelf, I thought, right, <laughs> give it to me. Okay, just, just, is that what you think? In fact, I've got it in a square box here, like a boxing ring. You know, just, how dare you? Here we are, limit. Now look at this word limit. It says, the point boundary the line beyond which something cannot or may not proceed. And so this sounds like what Satan is out to do to human life. This sounds to me exactly what he does. He wants to confine and restrict us. He wants to put a leash around you. And he wants to keep you small. He wants to keep the church moderate, mediocre, and put boundaries on you so that you cannot proceed any further. He wants to put boundaries on you so that you cannot proceed any longer, whether that's with depression, with anger, with pornography, with, with debt, with gambling, whatever it is, that he can turn around and grab a hold of you as a human being and put a leash around your neck and just pull you every now and again when he wants to and then condemn you with the thing that he's bound you with and keep you down here keep you out of church, keep you away from the fellowship of believers so you don't hear truth that can set you free. That's exactly what he's about. That's his language. That's his kingdom. That's so why I thought, okay, we're on to something here, God. And so I thought, okay, I'll look up limitless. And so I looked at that word and it says, having no limits. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Unrestricted. That's in the victory program unrestricted, that's our language. And then look at this, unconfined, then the limitless reaches of outer space. And now what do all the motivational speakers say? The sky is not the limit. Well, hey, God goes beyond that. The sky is not even the limit. It goes beyond outer space into another world, a supernatural world. You see, that sounds like the language of the kingdom of God that he has given you and I an open check, the open check of heaven. We can write in there whatever we want unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think according to the power that is at work within you. Unto him, that's in Ephesians. All you could ever ask or think. I mean, boy, we can think of some big stuff. And God says he can do above and beyond what you can ask or you can think according to the power of God that works within us. You see, again, that scripture, he set you among the princes and made you to inherit a throne of glory. That's, that's taking the limits off. That's our dad. That's who we're named by. We're called by his name. We are called by his name. Hallelujah. Are you getting that? Are you getting that? You see, God's Word is the, is, is the, has got the ability to remove the ceilings in your life. I mean, what is the ceiling? What is the ceiling in your life? Ask yourself right now, what are the ceilings? What am I hitting time and again 
and can't seem to get past that. I mean, some people hit things. I mean, I know Stefan and I and, and Viv and Martin, our leaders, we carry a burden in us, and it's a good burden. I mean, Paul, the apostle, said he carried a burden for the church. Why? We carry a burden when we see people are limited. When I see limitations on people, that just, just uh, does something on the inside because I know there is another place for them to live. There is another place for them to live. The closeness. What are those restrictions? How dare God, how dare Satan, the God of this world, put a ceiling on us? How dare he do that? I mean, doesn't that want you, make you want to get angry? I mean, don't you get angry? Gosh. Now, modesty is good in dress. But anything else, no. We don't want a modest lifestyle. You being poor is not going to make somebody else rich. You, be, you having nothing and being modest and vowing poverty is not going to help somebody else. As we are blessed to be a blessing. The Western nations bless the third world nations. The Western nations were founded on Christianity. That's why those nations are blessed. And in one generation, we've turned God away. And now look, we're bankrupt. But all she needs to do is turn back into God and the nations will take back off again. He is our God. Hallelujah. You see, some people, I mean, marriage and family, they have this barrier over them. Some people want to be married or you may want children or you may want your children back. But there's a voice inside you that says, no, you're never going to find the right one. No, you're never going to have children. No, your children aren't coming back. But you see, then you hear... Mark 9, 23, that says that if you can believe, if you can believe all things are possible, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. I was waiting for my mother for 32 years to get born again. All things are possible. She's now in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Our kids are on their way back into the kingdom. All things are possible. We don't listen to that limited voice that says no. Sorry, it can't happen. No, we've got another voice that says, hey, all things are possible to him who believes. Hallelujah. Jesus said that. All things. You see, that word does something on the inside. All things. Just let's say that. All things are possible to him who believes. Now, you just say that again and again and again, and it energizes you. It energizes you. All things. God has not put a limit. All things means what? All things, all things are possible, are possible. Where did inventions come from? Because that person, that human being, did not want to live with a limitation that was on the earth. And so they gave themselves to whatever it was. And all of a sudden, they tapped into a supernatural world. They tapped into the ideas of God to help humanity. And bang, an invention comes onto the earth. They didn't want to. They didn't want to have a, have a moderate life. They didn't want to be limited. They didn't want a ceiling. They had something in them that said, no, there's more. Praise God. Jesus said in 11, Mark 11, 20, 24, he says, whatever things you desire, whatever things you hope for, whatever things you're desiring, believe you receive them and you'll have them. You see, that's what we call taking the limits off. You know, when you hear good preaching, what does that do? When you hear good preaching, what happens? 
I can feel, I can feel limits coming off. You know, why do you think when our Afro-American church is like Creflo Dollar and you see all the, you see all the, oh yeah, yeah, like that. They can't keep still because something's got on the inside of them and they've got to express it. You know, I mean, you you know, when we sit here like this, we're putting our own ceiling on ourselves. Bust, you think, I can't do that. These will hit me in the face. Knock myself out. But, 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 but just, we can be, we, we can be an introvert personality. I don't think I could handle it. And, 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 you know, those that are loud need to learn to be a little bit quieter, and the quiet ones need to be a, a bit loud so we're all balanced. <laughs> but, but, but I'll tell you what, oh, God wants us to open our mouth wide so He can fill it. He wants us to open our mouth wide with the life of God, with the, with the scriptures of God, so he can fill our life. You know what uh, the prophet said, who are you, O mountain, that you stand before me? By God's word, you shall be made a plain. Who are you, Satan? Who is that thing that is standing before me? By God's word, you... God amputates, he just cuts it off. He just removes that thing from our lives. That's the God we serve. You see what is the key? Romans 12, 1 to 2. He's telling us here, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Why? God wants you to prove some things to the world. He, says, he said in the Old Testament, the scripture here, he said, When you do what I tell you to do, all the nations are going to see that you're called by my name. And they're gonna stand in awe. He says, the kings are gonna come to the brightness of your rising. When you rise up, all the kings, all the wealthy intellectual people, hey, they like money. And then when they see the church has got it, they're gonna come and have a look. What are they doing? Why, how can that happen? Well, God says, don't be conformed to their world. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. We, God wants to prove some things to us. He wants to prove some things to the world, the unsaved people. He wants to use us as His advertising campaign. And some people criticize people using millions of dollars for advertising, but our Father wants to use billions on His church. He wants to use you to advertise you to the world. And they look at you and they see that there is a God and He is real. He cares for people. He lifts them out of the dunghill and seats them with princes, the princes of His people. That's who He is. God lives and moves and breathes this. And so if we just put our hand up, we're the victory bunch God. We say, yes, bring it on. Don't be conformed. The New um, Century Version says, do not be shaped by the world. It says, instead be changed within by a new way of thinking. By a new way of thinking. You know, the Phillips translation is an old translation. It says, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. It wants to squeeze you into a mold. It wants you to fit. Well, who, who, who is the world? As Satan is the God of this, this, this age. 
He's the, the God of the governments. He's the God that's kind of shaping. The Bible talks about the prince of the powers of the air that are over the, over the earth, that are trying to, and Fergus was referring to it, change atmospheres and create environments of limitation and ceilings. He raises some people up, but destroys them in other areas of their lives. You say some people may have money, but their whole lives are broken. They're addicted to drugs, drink, pornography, whatever it is. They're not whole. In that world, you're still chained to principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And so God says, don't allow them to shape you. Don't do that. But you be shaped from within. Praise the Lord. You see, associations that we hang around with, people, television, music, all of that stuff has an imprint on your imagination, influencing your mind. You see, whatever we look at, whatever we listen to, God says we become that. Whatever you're looking at, whatever you're listening to, you'll become that. That's what God says. And so God says, don't allow yourself to look at and to imagine those things in the world. Don't be conformed, don't be shaped, don't be squeezed into that box, but you be transformed. Transform, that word means metamorpho, metamorphosis. We get that word where a, 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 um, but, a, a caterpillar transforms itself into a butterfly. What do they call that? Metamorphosis, that's right. And so that word transformed, it comes from that root word, which means that you can be on a ground level. You cannot be going anywhere, but when you get in the word, hey, it takes you up. It gives you wings to fly. It takes you into a new place, a new realm, a new kingdom where all things are possible. Praise the Lord. And so God's answer, God's answer to all of that is you start looking somewhere else. You start looking into his, the, the word says in the New Testament, his perfect law of liberty. The perfect law of liberty. That we start looking at that. Start spending some time in that in the New Testament. Start focusing on who God has called us to be. I mean, I've just said some of those scriptures right now. You get a hold of those. Start to get into that. You see, God will make his word good. You know, I remember when I was just a, a young believer and uh, coming into the things of faith and uh, Mark 9, 23, the scripture we've just looked at where Jesus says, if you can believe, and I just like to put my name in there when I'm reading, if you can believe, Vanessa, all things are possible to you. If you can believe, Lee, if you can believe, Vivian, all things are possible to you because you believe. And I said to God, do you really mean that? Oh, do you really mean that? You know, do you, do you really mean that? And as I spoke those scriptures again and again, and every time my natural mind says, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are, Vanessa, trying to be somebody that you're not, trying to make yourself into something that you're not? But at that time, at that time Stephen and my pastor had been teaching us and he taught us, he said, Vanessa, he said, God is a God of his word. He's a God, if he's spoken it, shall he not do it? If he's promised it, he's going to make it good. He taught us that, hey, Vanessa, you can. We went to him and, are you sure we can believe this stuff? And he says, no, no. He says, God's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. If he's spoken it, he's going to do it. If he's promised it, he's going to make it good. He's going to make, he'll make it good. He'll make it good. What does that say to me? That lifts the limit on the word of God. If I can find a promise in God's word, that lifts the limit on it. I can do that. I can have that. I can be that. Other scriptures that he gave us was Psalm 138 too, that God has magnified his word even above his own name. 
God has magnified his word. And so taking the limits off means that you get into the word. You get into the book and you find something and you can stand and you can build your life on that word because God has magnified his word above all his name. Which means that God has to make that word good. We've got some lawyers sitting in in our congregation. They know that. That God is not a man that he would lie. If he said it, he'll do it. If he's spoken it, he will bring it to pass. He just needs earth's agreement. He just needs us to agree. Jeremiah, God says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. And so when you speak the word of God and you think, yeah, God, I'm breaking, I'm taking off the limits. And you start to speak that word, God is watching over that word to perform it. He is, he is shifting things in the spirit realm. The Bible says that the angels of God, they are listening for the word of God, that they hearken to his voice and they go out. And so we are releasing angelic beings when we speak the word of God. Things will shift in the spirit realm. Now you have to wait a while sometimes, just like in Daniel. When Daniel was praying for 21 days, you'll find that in the book of Daniel. And he'd been praying and praying. And 21 days it took for the answer to come. And when the angel turned up on the scene and he said, where have you been? He said, I had to fight against the princes of Persia. The Bible talks about the kings of Persia, but then there's princes. The kings were the natural kings, but the princes were in the spirit realm. And and Gabriel had to get through there before he could actually get to Daniel. And so many Christians, what they do is they hold out and think, oh, it doesn't work. They don't realize that God is already fighting for us in the spirit realm and breaking the things, those spirits that are trying to hinder the word of God coming to pass, especially in monetary things. Satan is called the God of mammon. Don't you think, he's not gonna let that stuff go. And so as you speak the word of God and you do what God has asked you to do, there are angels and they are maneuvering and bringing things to pass in your life. It may take some time because they've got to fight these things off for you. Ministering spirits, Hebrews says, sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. And so they're here to minister and to help you but they're listening for the word. It says that they listen for the word of God. I saw a, a vision when I was a young believer when we were working for the French embassy and I was praying one, one day and I saw these, uh, these demon forces. We were having a lot of deliverances happening at that time and I saw these foul hyena type spirits just walking in and out of the situation. And I was saying, what is going on here? And I saw these magnificent angels just standing there, noble, royal kind of angels. And I was going asking God, what is going on? That these things can fly and run around loose. He says, they're waiting for the word of God. They're waiting for instructions, Vanessa. You need to speak the word and instruct them. And then they will deal to those unseen demonic forces. And so God is not holding out on us. It's the church that needs to speak loud and make a sound in the spirit realm and allow that word which is spirit and which is life to bust through darkness. Darkness cannot overcome light, but the world, the the church needs to release the light of God into the world with our speaking. Hallelujah. And so these promises, when I took those and our pastor says, yeah, Vanessa, you can stand on this stuff. My goodness me, that energized us and that took us to new levels and new places. 
And in our mental energy, I would just say, no, Satan, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to, we're not going to allow you to hold us down. We're not staying on Poverty Street. We're going on up to Prosperity Street. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We are going to lend to many nations and we'll not borrow. Satan, you may come in one way, but the word says you're going to flee before us seven ways. Oh my goodness. That word takes the limits off. So that word squeeze from the Phillips translation. You see, do you feel squeezed sometimes? Feel compressed? Feel the pressure of this world? You see, well, God's word will unleash that. It'll just flick it off. It'll just bust it through. It'll just take you to a new place. You can use it to stand whatever you're facing right now, whatever challenge, and all of us have challenges. You get to one level, then you find out there's some more levels that you need to go. And to get to those, those new levels, you've got to do some things with your thinking. You see, where I am right now, some people may think, oh, well, I wish I wish where she is. I've got my, my heart set on up here. I've got my heart set there, so in order for me to get up there, I need to bust through some more limits that are on my mind right now. And so no matter where we are, the Word of God... And so again, what does God use? What is he using to take off the limits? He's got two agents. Two agents to remove the limits, to destroy burdens. The old translation, what is it? To destroy burdens, remove yokes. He's got two, two, two agents, and it's the Word of God, and it's the Holy Ghost. The two of them work together. And just as I said to you before, I said we've all got limiters to one degree or another, not, no fault of our own, simply being born on the planet. Being born on this planet will give you limiters. Being born as a human being will give you limiters. And then on top of that, then we've got our cultural limits, intellectual. I remember when I was in uh, college that I used to be so frightened that I couldn't read. In fact, I started wagging school when I was in Form 1 and 2 and, and because they would make you read around the classroom and I couldn't stand it and I would be getting hot sweats because I couldn't read properly. And so I would quickly say, I need to go to the dentist, <laughs> dental nurse. And so we went to the dental nurse. And then it started to become the point where I couldn't go to the dental nurse anymore. And so my mum took me out of being a, a, a dental nurse because I was going to start filling my, fill, my, my teeth. And I told mum that. And mum says, oh, we can't do that. And so she took me out of the dental association and, put me, and I went to see a dentist instead for all of those years. Now, why was that? I was afraid of reading. And I would start to stutter. And, uh, and then in third form, when I would read around the class, I was stutter and the class would laugh at me. And then we had a school teacher that knew who I was and you know, they were friends, you know, my father's best man's wife. And, and she said, oh, the first thing I'll do, let Vanessa read. This is an accounting class. I thought, oh dear, made a total fool of myself. Now, why have I said that intellectual? I grew up thinking that I wasn't good enough and that I couldn't speak properly. And so when I came to Christ, and I started to read the Bible, I found out that I could actually read. It was fear that had gripped my mind for years and years and years to the point where I, I, I just couldn't function in a school setting if I knew that I was going to be put on the spot. Other settings, financial, financial boundaries, financial limiters that your family has limited you. This is where you're going to be, this is where you're going to live, and this is how it's going to always be. Culture does that to us too. Then there's gender. I mean, for years, women have been put up down. And it's only in our generation, we don't know those limiters to the same, but there's some nations in our, in, on the earth that do still have those limiters on. Age is another one. 
You're either too, you're either too young or you're too old, and then you only have this short window of being really cool on the earth now. And it's at the time when you've got so much testosterone and everything else that's running around your body that you think you can take on the world, but you've got no wisdom. Absolutely. The old men have the wisdom, the young men have the might. Together we stand and together we fight. There's an old song we used to sing. And so, but you see, there's a limiter because some people now think I'm too old and they get to 50 years old or whatever and I've got a girlfriend and her mother was an alcoholic and at 45 years old, they just said to their mum, look, mum, if you don't do something about this, we're actually going to commit you. Um, th th this is a bad situation here. Anyway, the mum ended up doing something with her, something about that situation and at 50, 50 I think it was 50 years old, she ended up on the, on the national market as a speaker, a motivational speaker. She is now going into the Rotary in the States and is one of their top speakers a motivational speaker at 50 years old. Wow. I think, my goodness me. This woman who at 45 was an alcoholic and people, many people at 45 are now thinking, hey, I've got nothing left. This woman didn't even get started until she was 50 and now she's influencing in a whole world. She's not a born-again believer yet, but um, you know her daughter is and so she's got her days numbered. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so but you see those limiters that they keep people constrained, they keep us bound so that we do not proceed. What was that word? Proceed any further. Satan does not want you to proceed any further. You see, even the Holy Ghost, hopefully we're going to have some prayer time. Uh, even the Holy Ghost, he can be limited. He lives inside us and he's with us. But do you realize that even he can be limited? And you say, Holy Spirit, God, limited? Well, yes, I, I, um, Psalm 78 says that Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. Why? With their words. They spoke negative, they spoke death and destruction, and, and, and oh, God is not helping us. Oh, it was better in the old world. Oh, I've had more fun in Egypt than I did now. No, they didn't have more fun. They were slaves in Egypt. They were absolute slaves. They had nothing. But they complained against God day and night. And the Bible says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. And so if we complain and we speak death over our situation continually, we are limiting God's influence in our lives. We are limiting Him. He is not limited, but in our world, He is. Another time when, God, when we see the two of them, um, um, the Word of God and, and the Spirit of God, operating together is in Genesis, and probably I'll quickly go through that, but if you have a look at in Genesis 1, when you see that uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters, and so the spirit presence of God was there. He was hovering over, and if you have a look in the, in the Hebrew, it says that it was darkness was over the face of the deep. The Bible actually says that there was confusion and there was darkness, and the presence of God was there, and He was hovering there, but nothing happened, nothing changed in that world, in our world. Nothing changed until verse 3 where God said, and let there be light. And God said, let there be light, and light came. And so the presence of God right now is hovering over all of the earth, over every city, every household, every place, over your life and my life. He is here. He is right here. But He is limited in what He can do until someone speaks the Word of God. And as soon as we speak the Word, then He can go into action and begin creating it, begin to take that Word and to create. And out of chaos comes light. 
Out of confusion comes the most magnificent creation. Praise the Lord. And so God has given us two agents in the earth, His Word and His Spirit. These two work together. And if we know the operation of how they work, then we can, with intelligence and wisdom, begin to release the Word and the Holy Spirit over our lives, our family, our workplace, neighborhood, city, our nation. There is no limit. You see, God's Word is the limit breaker. And so what you can do, you can find your own personal limit breakers for your own life. We've got a victory program, which is a book that has got a whole lot of different things in its contents, different subjects. And you can find your, or you can read the word yourself and get your own limit breakers and begin to speak them over your life and then allowing the Holy Spirit to start to... Every time you speak, something happens. Every time you open your mouth, something happens. You see, the New Testament is filled with limit breakers. Absolutely filled with it. Jesus said that you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now just before that, if you have a look on uh, chapter, I mean verse 31, it just says, if you continue in my word, Jesus said. If you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, if you continue speaking my word, if you continue reading the word, if you continue to hear the word, then you are going to know the truth. And that truth is going to set you free. You see, it's in our hands to do that. Now, in, in, in our notice, and, and I'll just start to wind down, in, in our, this month's notice, I, I gave an article to you about taking the limits off. And I talked to you about the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians. And I don't know whether you've read that article there, but I just said out of all the letters in the New Testament, Paul wrote to uh, Ephesus and he wrote to the church of Colossae. All of the other letters, they had things, they have the gospel, they have the salvation message in there, uh, but they're also dealing with church problems, church government, or even personal letters to people like Titus and, and and Philemon. Uh, but if you have a look and you read the book of Ephesians and a parallel book to Ephesians is Colossians and you read those, you will find that they are filled with limit breakers. They are filled with the truth of what God has done, present, past and future. You, they are filled with the, the revelation of everything that God has given to you. And so if you take a hold of those scriptures and start to speak them out over your life, Ephesians 1 uh, and, and verse 3, and especially that first chapter, you'll have a look because Paul in the first, the first section of that book, he is presenting to the church in Ephesus, he is presenting their positional truth, and then from 4, 5, and 6 chapter, he is then saying, now this is how you outwork that truth. And so if you understand this book and get a hold of it, and, and as I sort of said, Colossians is the same. And so you can find where you begin to start to speak that, hey, that God has blessed me. It's all in past tense. It was already done before the foundations of the world, the salvation package. You couldn't do anything to stop it. You couldn't do anything to change it. God's already done this for you, and He's handing it to you as a gift. And so we go through that now, and I actually I, won't, I probably won't take some time to do that now because I think God wants to pray for some people. But just going through those scriptures that He has chosen us before Him, before the foundations of the world, that you would be holy, unblameable, unreprovable in His sight. You are holy, you are unblameable. You are unreprovable in His sight. Now, I've said that to myself so many times. God says, I don't care what anyone else thinks of you, Vanessa. 
He said, in my sight, you're holy. You're unblameable. You are unreprovable in my sight. You see, we can always find people that don't like us, that don't approve of you, that don't like what you are, who you are, where you've been. But then that doesn't matter because we're not focusing on the world. We're not letting them squeeze us into their mold. We're going up to God's mold. And God's mold, our prototype is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. That is our prototype. That is our mold. That is the person that we imitate. Imitate me, Jesus said. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so we are holy. We are unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. That we have, been, we have received an inheritance. Do you know an inheritance is given to those? You don't deserve your inheritance from your parents. What have you done to deserve your inheritance from your parents? Nothing. But it gets given to you on their, at their death. We see Jesus Christ died on the cross for us and he has given us an inheritance. The Holy Spirit is the down payment. He is the seal of this covenant. What is a seal? If you understand that, a seal means that the king puts his ring there. He puts it on. It declares ownership. And so God has ownership of your life. And so the devil can't come and just open up your life. God has sealed you with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so you get into those scriptures and begin to start to read those and allow those limit breakers to renew your mind, speak it out and let the angels hear so they can begin to adjust and change and, and maneuver things that need to be maneuvered. Just make a way where there is no way. God said to, uh, um, to Cyrus, he said, I've gone before you, Cyrus. He said, I've leveled every mountain. He said, I've smashed through the gates of bronze. I've cut through every bar of iron so you can go through. That's what God has done for us. He's already leveled every mountain. Satan is not a problem. Ignorance is a problem. Ignorance on the body of Christ is the problem. She's not opening her mouth. She's not renewing her mind. Praise God. And so in closing, in fact, I had some other things to share, but oh my goodness me, when Stephen and I found out in Colossians that God had delivered us from the powers of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his, his dear son, when I found out that I could trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Satan's days were numbered in my life. I had demonic forces when I got born again, as you know, coming to visit me and tormenting me. And I didn't know that I had the power like that. I knew I had the name, but they just kept on coming to harass. But when I found those scriptures, I'll tell you what, his days were numbered. Absolutely. That we have that authority. Hallelujah. Nothing can stand before us all the days of our life. As God was with Jesus, as he was with Moses and Peter and every other saint in the Old Testament, so he is with us. So he is with us. Now what's going to happen right now is that while I've been speaking, limits have been, uh, have been removed in your life and your thinking. In fact, God has said here that it's time for you to step up and to take the limits off to start speaking and thinking differently, that it's a new day, that new seeds today, new seeds have taken root in your heart. You've stepped into a wide open place of possibilities. And so today and the days ahead, you're gonna to start to experience. And I wrote this down, old restraints and limitations coming off. Your language will have the sound of God. It's gonna have the sound of victory and you're gonna find it easier and easier to believe that all things are possible. All things are possible. Why don't we come band and uh, we're just going to minister. There's a few people that I wanted to pray for. And so what is happening in here, what has been happening even this morning, the limits are coming off, taking those limits off, taking those limits off, not allowing that constraint 
Now we've got five minutes to go. If some of you need to leave, that's cool. But then there's some people, God wants to minister to some people here. And, and, and who knows? God's already could have all done it through the preaching of the word. The Bible says that he sent his word and delivered them from all their destruction. And so even right now, the word of God has delivered you from all your destruction. He did that 2,000 years ago, and what is being preached this morning is just confirming what he's already done. And what you do when you step up, when you put your hand up, whenever, whenever you make that move towards God, you are just saying, yes, God, I'm receiving what you've already done. I'm receiving that. Now, specifically, I, I, there, was, there was some things that I sensed God when I was praying on Tuesday that regret that there's some people that are living with hurt, uh, and you haven't let the hurt go, and God says that he's concerned that it's going to go into offense, offense, being offended. And if you, yeah, if you, if you allow it to go into, and if, uh, to be offended, you're going to hurt yourself, and it's going to put a limit on you. And so God wants you to just bring that to him and just, just, just let it go. It's holding you back. It's putting a ceiling on you. Hurt. We don't have a right to be hurt. Human beings do what they do. They hurt each other. It's just getting bigger in our thinking and seeing, getting outside the box, seeing where God sees. And human beings, and we're natural, and we'll, we'll hurt each other. But you see, the hurt ends up hurting us. And so there's that there. And then um, can you actually maybe play me a, 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 D and a, a D and an E, I think? Enemies being defeated, I think we'll do that. Um, and then there's somebody, some people that are living with regret. And... Uh, you're living with that, and, and it's almost like that the clock is your enemy, that another day goes by, and it's almost like you've wasted time, and it's too late, it's too late, it's too late, and there's regret there. And God does not want time to be your leader, time to actually bind you, and you're living with that burden. He actually wants you to be free from that, that God says, I'm the God that made time. He said, in fact, I live out of time, and when you join with God, you live in a different, a different place. And so you don't have to look back and feel, God, I regret this. I'm burdened by that. You can just let that go free into a new place, a new world, a new time. And so why don't we just do that? If you're feeling that, then God, God has already broken it in the spirit realm. But if you want to come up the front, why don't you just come up and we'll just clip that thing off. And you go away from here free from that.